Hi everyone, welcome to the AI of Mankind show, where I share anything interesting about mankind. I'm your host for this season. My name is Andrew Liu. I've worked across four continents and 12 international cities. Also, I've worked in tech startups across a range of roles from selling products, making customer happy, figuring out fundraising, making finance tick, building teams, and developing sticky products. Apart from building startups, I've also worked in Fortune 500 companies as a chief data scientist or technologist or people leader. You can call me Jack of all trades or master of learning. I hope to make this podcast show a great learning experience for us. In each season, there is a series of interesting things where I invite guests to share their views about their life and interests. Now let the show begin. Today's guest is Damien. Damien is one of Asia-Pacific's recognized digital transformation leaders. He's currently the Chief Lecturer Digital Strategy and Leadership Practice at the National University of Singapore, Institute of System Science. Prior to that, he was the founder and CEO of HR Tech, a software service company, PeopleWave. Before entrepreneurship, he was the Global Head of Digital Marketing at the Standard Chartered Bank and the Chief Marketing Officer at Philips Asia Pacific. Damien has also worked at major global brands such as Samsung, Dell, Ogilvy Martyr, Coca-Cola, and McKinsey & Co. Let's welcome our guest, Damien. Hi, Damien. Oh, thank you very much. You look very interactive. You've got some uh, fruits and calculators behind you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Very good. Yeah, I love it. So the show is to enable the audience to learn more about AI, digital transformation, and the guests. Okay, got yeah. it. Okay, no problem. Cool. Tell me about how do you get to where you are from the day that you did your first startup? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, my first startup was actually back in the 1990s. So actually, my first job was in McKinsey and then back in the 90s, and it was a lot of fun. I did what most of the other consultants were doing there. They left during the original dot-com boom. Now, at the time, I was very poor. I was living with a flatmate. So my flatmate and my girlfriend got together, and uh, what we did is we kind of actually formed a company that actually built websites back in the day. Now, that feels very commoditized now, but... Um, we actually, you know, became Yahoo's e-commerce partner. We were building, we moved into kind of the early days of what would have been cloud software with email marketing and CRM tools. And yeah, we were doing some really cool stuff. We became a top 20 web development company back in those days in Australia. But of course, with the dot-com boom came the dot-com crash and the company were wound down and I ended up losing everything. But of course, that was my first experience in startup and that, that was almost about four years of doing that. Was, it was the equivalent of at least doing an MBA or a master's degree. It was, you know, great kind of actually, yeah, and doing this in my 20s was, was amazing. Lots learned, despite the fact that it didn't work. But my most recent startup was my most recent job. So I, I after that uh, first business kind of fell over, I had to go get a real job, and I built a career over 20 years as a digital person. So a digital guy that looked after e-commerce or at sales and around marketing. 
So, you know, I hit the top of the C-suite. I became a chief marketing officer and head of digital in different companies. And my last corporate job was the global head of digital at Standard Chartered Bank. And it was a great job. I mean, fantastic people there and a big ambition. But, you know, in big companies like that, there's not a lot of stability. And what happened is that I ended up getting laid off. So I went through a retrenchment process and it made me very angry. Not because, uh, and it wasn't because I did a bad job and it wasn't because the team weren't performing. We actually we're hitting you know, stellar runs everywhere. But the reality is that it was very political. So the reasons they kind of chose to actually disband this team and you know, choose to actually get rid of some people versus others uh, really frustrated me. I've always been more of a data-driven guy. So you know, I took my little bit of retrenchment money and I formed my last business called PeopleWave. Wow. There, were, there were two aspects of that. One, how do I make work fair? You know, I've just been through a very unfair retrenchment and, and I hated it. And two, you know, could you use data to make better decisions as a manager and a people, as someone looking after people? So, you know, I did that until COVID. So that was great. Raised a million dollars, brought two products to market. We had hundreds of SMEs using our products. Then later, about three years in, we realized we had a bigger ambition. We signed an 11 million USD term sheet to go big at the end of 2019, but then COVID hit. So COVID killed our core business of HR technology because uh, no one's hiring and no one's buying our software. But also the, the people we trusted to actually put that money into the business end up, you know, not delivering. So that was catastrophic. So I'm actually, it's pretty fresh for me. So that kind of business just went down at the beginning of 2021. And that led me to a bit of a change and a reflection about where I am in life. Ah, and that was how eventually you um, got yourself to be the chief officer or principal lecturer at the NUS Institute of System and Science. Yeah, I'm currently at the National University of Singapore in the Institute of System Science. So I'm chief of digital strategy and leadership there. But what that means is, um, you know, applied my 20 plus years of knowledge, actually, now I'm actually giving it back. So I teach programs like the Masters of Technology and Digital Leadership. I'm doing, obviously, business development, looking at actually growing capability for NUS. And also, it's it's fun, actually, kind of big giving back into corporate groups. So we do executive education around things like cybersecurity, AI, uh, digital transformation, digital strategy, and so on. So a lot of fun. It's early days, but uh, certainly a very different change of pace than the corporate jobs and the startups I've worked at before. Yeah, it sounds very fun. I mean, like your whole story is like a, an adventure, right? Where you started out <laughs> running a startup and then you end up doing C-suite, uh, doing digital transformation, and then going back to the startup again, and then now coming back to giving back to the to society as an educator. Tell, help me understand. So you were doing digital transformation work or digital strategy work before COVID-19 and after COVID-19. How has COVID-19 actually changed the way digital transformation uh, is being done? Yeah. Well, in my experience, I mean, all digital transformation always re- requires um, a fire to be lit. So 2020 in COVID was actually a huge fire for every company. I mean, there was at least five years of transformation that was actually compressed into one in the year last year. In general, what I've seen is, you know, working with companies like Samsung or Dell or uh, Philips, they've always had a, a version of digital transformation, such as, you know, a business unit declining or uh, products not hitting the market or customer complaints, etc. Generally, it has to actually, you know, filter up. There's got to be a flame. Somebody's going to put in the hot seat for things to happen. It's been challenging. And the reason I've always had good jobs, you know, I've risen to the sea level is because that skill set of actually identifying those opportunities turning that problem into a solution has always been a pretty rare skill set. But um, with COVID in, in 2020 and 2021, everything has changed. So everything has been forced to become digital. 
We've had to do Zooms and meetings like this. I mean, uh, managing people has been remotely using HR technology or a Frankenstein version of that. Uh, you know, engaging customers has been through digital platforms and so on. I mean, for people who work in digital, it's a dream come true. For everyone else, it's been an absolute nightmare. So it's uh, forced us to do things. Now, I think we're only seeing the first wave of actually the digital transformation that's happened. We're all used to now doing things remotely in a hybrid workforce and, and engaging people with digital platforms. But the next big thing, such as, well, I've been working with my boss for, say, a year and a half, but I've never met him. Oh. Or I, I work with my, uh, that's not my case, it's, you know, there's a fictional example. But uh, it's many people have actually kind of started at companies, never met their team, never met their boss, and so on. But what's that mean for their professional development? Does that mean that uh, are they going to be overlooked for opportunities because they they don't know each other and people actually don't know them personally? Does that mean they're actually being deprived of learning opportunities? You know, it's, it's waking up in the morning, going to your sofa, you know, putting on the computer, walking into your study, that's your entire world. So missing out on learning opportunities, networking opportunities, being passed over promotion. And, you know, what we're seeing at the moment is the idea of the great resignation happening because of these changing needs. But what I think is going to happen next is, uh, yes, the essentials of digital transformation are there. Buy via e-commerce, use digital tools to communicate, use HR to work, manage the workforce. But the next wave, you know, managing mental well-being, actually uh, looking at the soft skills, looking at how to engage better. All that is the next wave, which I think we're going to see from 2022 onwards. Yeah, I mean, like, the way that you say it is almost like COVID-19 has enabled digital transformation to happen very fast. But yet, the irony of digitization or using technology to enable work, it it brings us closer through digital medium without commuting, but it sort of brings us further in terms of interpersonal relationship. Am I getting it right, you know? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's funny, we're more connected than we've ever been. But uh, I think we're more isolated and lonely at the same time. So it feels like a contradiction, but it's not. I mean, you know, I've got somewhere like 30,000 LinkedIn connections. I don't know many of those people. I mean, you can only have, you know, a core number of people who actually get to know, right? But, uh, you know, just because I have that many social media connections or I've engaged with people via email and so on, it doesn't mean I know them. But there's this illusion of engagement. This is an illusion of getting to know people. And, you know, I think people are realizing that it's very soulless to hollow and something more needs to be done. You know, we need genuine human interaction connection. And tools can only take you so far, but I think the current generation of those tools needs to be overhauled to actually help with this. But the next generation of tools, I mean, again, video is a good start, but it must be so much deeper and more engaging to get us where we need to go. So yeah, it'll be a very interesting time from 2022 onwards as these tools evolve. So along the line that you mentioned about that, an enablement of everybody get to work freely and flexibility, the lack of personal touch. What do you think leaders or C-suite executives need to take note when they do digital transformation post-COVID-19? Yeah. Well, up until recently, I always used to say that CEOs need to lead from the front. But the problem is many Asian CEOs in Singapore context, they're very proud and don't actually acknowledge that they actually have gaps. Uh, you see this often in family-run organizations. They don't want to let you know that they're weak or don't have skills or, you know, perception of actually being unskilled or incompetent. But the reality is, you know, nobody has the answers. You know, there's people who've got expertise in different areas, but what we need to do is, I love this idea of leaving no one behind, getting people to a base level of digital knowledge, base level of skills, reskilling, upskilling, and so on. I think the challenge is, I think, you know, starting in the soft skills area, C levels need to be reflective. Do they have the right skills to lead? 
And yes, I'm not talking about the ability to manage people or to engage them. I'm talking about having both a strong grasp, you know, the Venn diagram, technology versus people, and actually are you sitting somewhere in the middle of that? And I think a lot of C-level executives are actually pretty good on the people side, pretty weak on the technology, and you have to be across both. When you're looking at um, digital transformation specifically, a lot of people fall into the trap of actually digitizing rather than digitally transforming. Now, digitizing is, you know, taking paper or, you know, simple uh, software and, you know, evolving that into more complex data-driven software. But it doesn't mean you're moving forward. Uh, in fact, a lot of digital systems can actually push you back because they're even more complex or they've got terrible workflow. Yeah. I think we've all been through an experience of actually getting a piece of crappy software that just is terrible to use. Yeah. And it's so much easier to write on a piece of paper. <laughs> so not all technology is good. Uh, so understanding actually where you need to invest in technology, uh, how to upskill in the right ways. I mean, both those things are probably, um, you know, not surprising for people going through digital transformation. But again, truly understanding what the strategy leads to in terms of your digital transformation. Does it mean more money? Does it mean saving money? Does it mean a different workforce? Is, what does it mean for you? And having that clearly articulated plan, I think, is going to be much more important. Yeah, like you were mentioning about digital digitalization is not the same as uh, you know digital transformation and I share the same sentiment you know when I talk to clients or when I'm on my gigs people always tend to have the notion that digital transformation is first let's get everything that is pen and paper onto software uh, but maybe that's just the first start even then when everything is onto software doesn't mean a problem is being solved what business owner needs and C-suite needs is they will need business activities, decisions to make productivity, to make output, to make things faster, makes use of resources quicker. And how do you think companies uh, through this digital transformation, what do they need to, to do, need to think about to enable that to happen? Well, paper in and of itself isn't bad, right? So you've got to think about the reasons and people that often don't think about the reasons of why you go from paper into, into digital. So the reason you want to actually kind of put maybe your employee data, you know, it might be held in a physical files at the moment. You eventually want to move that to an Excel spreadsheet or maybe a HR system. Now, most people see that as a cost saving somehow. That's completely false. It's not a cost saving at all. It's just digitizing an existing paper-based process. The reason you do it and actually how that becomes digital transformation is about faster decision making. So understanding who those people are without having to go through files, I mean, might be sitting in somebody's head, but actually kind of breaking it out and making it easy easily available for fast decision-making is the reason you do it. And that's the challenge. So understanding the digitization journey, uh, you sh probably shouldn't start there. Uh, that's a bit of a false economy and it's actually taking you down the wrong path. I find digital is probably not where you need to be. I love paper and I love the fact that we've got old school processes. Many of them work really well. But you've got to think about actually what you need. And often it is, how do you make fast decisions? How do you visualize your work in a way that makes sense? How do we actually kind of have a clear vision of where we need to be as a company in, say, one year, five year, ten years? And, and what can digital technology do to help us get there? good example is uh, things like e-commerce, you know, uh, omnichannel. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a very logical step of actually going away from physical retail because people just can't walk into your store at the moment, building a website, actually engaging into other platforms. Now, it doesn't mean that you need to go out and actually get a Shopify or your, build your direct-to-consumer e-commerce store. Uh -huh. Uh, what you might want to do is actually just simply work with Shopee or Lazada or someone else that has those things for you. So digitizing your existing process from shop into your e-commerce store is not necessarily the right solution. 
Understanding that you need to engage into a different audience that you can't reach at the moment because they can't walk into your store is the real problem. And actually figuring out where those people currently go and actually having a solution be in front of them. I mean, it could well be that you work with a partner or actually do something very different, but it rarely does it mean that you have to build your own software or you rarely uh, put your own technology in place. So I think you know, understanding truly where you want to be is a good start. Understanding that digital transformation is not digitization is another one. And at the end of the day, it's usually about one of two things. You know, how do we make money or save money? Yes. And every decision, I think, has to be in those kind of terms. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If this is the first time you are tuning in, remember to subscribe to this show. If you have subscribed to this show and love this episode, please share it with your friends, family, and acquaintances. See you later and see you soon.